Hi, everyone, and thank you for checking out the Dancing Eyes podcast, episode 13. My name's Frankie Caputo, and this is a podcast where I talk to people with nystagmus about their life. Today, my guest is Elisio. Elisio lives in England, and he has an Instagram page where he shares designs, Lego, and 3D printing content that he makes. He's up to a lot of cool stuff. I really enjoyed filming this one. Timestamps for all of the different discussions that we've had are going to be located in the description. Also, Elisio's Instagram page is also going to be linked in the description, so make sure to check that out, too. If you're watching this episode on YouTube and you haven't done so already, please hit that like and subscribe button. And also leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Lastly, new episodes of the podcast will be uploaded on the first and third Monday of every month, so make sure to keep your eyes out for those. And with all that being said, I hope everyone listening enjoys and gets something from this episode, and let's get on to the show. All right, what's up, Alessio? How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I'm on it. <laughs> I like your Instagram page. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Yeah, I mean, I started it back in last been summer 2020. Just um, you know, starting to design design stuff and get managed to get a 3D printer during the first Corona lockdown. I thought I may as well share what I'm doing with the world. Yeah, that's the uh, inspiration. So for anybody who hasn't seen your page yet, um, let, can you explain what you kind of do on there? Oh, yeah. So yeah, the page is called uh, The Disabled Designer. And uh, basically, I just share a mix of um, my CAD designs, 3D printing, and uh, Lego projects. The 3D printing thing is an interesting one. I didn't even know that 3D printers were available to the public. Yeah, I mean... Neither did I before uh, I got my first one back in uh, 2020, but I, I just found it on Amazon. So luckily, it was pretty good, had a, quite a few good reviews. And the learning well, the, the, the learning curve was kind of steep, but once you get the hang of it, you get the right settings, you can pretty much create anything you want fairly cheaply as well. So, yeah. so why, is that what you, why is that what you wanted to get into? Uh, it's weird because I used to, well, I've been doing CADs, so like CADs, computer-aided software. So it's like 3D modeling and you create all these cool, cool models and projects online. But after a while, you just realize it's just stayed on the computer and you can't really do anything about it. So 3D printer was like the next step and the next skill I wanted to do. So obviously a lot of time in lockdown i thought there's no better chance than than then so i thought yeah i'll take the leap get a 3d printer and see what it's about how does a 3d printer even work how, how, how does stuff come out of there okay so i mean really people think it's a lot more complicated than it is so you can either first with the design you can either design something yourself or you can get, there's a website called Fingerverse and there's loads of different websites where people put their models and creations on for people to 3D print. So you get this model, you save it onto your computer and then you have a slicing software which basically gets the model and prepares it for your printer so you can change the size, make different copies and basically gets it, gets it ready and then you slice it which uh, does different layers of plastic over and over again and 
it just tells you how long it's going to be if the model needs supports and stuff. So once that's done, you you put the model onto the 3D printer itself and the printer just basically prints, depends how like fine or like rough you want the model, creates layers and layers of plastic until the whole model is created. How long does that take? <laughs> it depends, depends what you uh, build. I mean, my longest print was about 24, 24 hours. That was that was quite early on into my um, 3D printing adventures. Shit. And uh, yeah, my little brother and <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but my uh, my little brother and the neighbour once wanted some guns. So I printed them like two fake black guns. I'm like, oh, probably slightly illegal. But yeah, <laughs> uh, once my mum found out, yeah, 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 I never got the guns. So well, they are fake though. You can't you can't do anything with them. Yeah, right? wow. I think. As long as you um, you have to like paint the end orange or something to signify that they're fake, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, and they did look quite realistic thinking about it. <laughs> was it? Did you start yeah, this yeah, as like a? Um, was it like a COVID thing that that you got going with the the 3D printing? Because you said 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the 3D printing was definitely a a COVID thing, but I've always loved like designing and engineering, and I've been quite good at designing things online in CAD for quite a while now. And whilst I was at home, I managed to get some uh, a student package of uh, the software called SolidWorks, which is where I do all my designs. So I managed to get a version of that at home and then followed a few tutorials online to get good. So what do you get from designing things online? Like what part of you does that fulfill? Uh, definitely the creative side. It's, it's tricky because there's a lot of a lot of ideas in the mind and it's, it's difficult to get it like get a real product a real prototype going so definitely you get a sense of fulfillment and achievement once you've actually thought of something to design and it's actually it's actually worked and once like 3d printing is the next step because you have a physical physical representation of what you've designed and thought in your mind it is super fascinating. You're definitely the first person that I've that I've came across that is involved with three D three D printing at all. I've never even really seen something like it before. Yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty niche. I mean the actual like technology is definitely the future, like in manufacturing, but not many do it. Not many people do it like as a hobby, just just for the sake of doing it. Do you plan on? Uh making money from it one day that is that is the plan or like just all this experience that i've like gained myself hopefully will like find me a job in like the technology and cad and design 3d printing space because i do sometimes think about you know is there any point in just printing endless things in plastic and not really doing anything with them i mean for example i'll uh so I printed this um, stand recently, so that's quite useful. Uh, a lot of the stuff is uh, not very useful, just uh, for a bit of content on the Instagram. So I yeah. need to uh, shift my priorities. Well, yeah, you did say it was the future. So if it was the future, you know that would that would indicate that you would make something useful with it. So what what things of value do you think could be used, or could three D printing be used for in the future? I mean, 
honestly, you probably print most things like using this technology. You can print buildings, whole like you get massive three D printers, like industrial scale, and they literally print the whole house in concrete. You can build stuff. Is out that of possible? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they look a bit funky because they're just like layers of concrete, so they don't look uh, traditional. But yeah, it's definitely possible. It's, de- it's happening right now, like definitely the way forward. I've got to look into that. I got to see some of that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty mind blowing. I got to check into that. Can you make cars with it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what it's been used for now is like prototyping because like the structural integrity of these parts isn't really there yet mm-hmm. you know you can only like use something so much out of plastic before it breaks there's not really that reliable factor but definitely for prototyping it speeds that process up which like speeds up the whole design manufacturing process up in general what do you think that um it's you know 3d printers are going to be one of those things that are going to be in everybody's houses at some point that that is um that was like the talk like five, ten years ago, it's kind of like uh, 3D TVs back in the day. That was the future. So things change all the time, but I can definitely see use for it. Once they get like a lot like easier to use, more reliable, I can definitely see a lot of people having use for it. So how do you think the nystagmus has, has played a role in this, if it has played a role at all? Uh, I mean... I've, tricky because the the software i use is um definitely made more accessible because my eyesight so obviously the um the icons are bigger it's a lot like definitely more bespoke for me uh, the 3d print inside to it i mean once you once you start the printer you leave it and hope for the best so i don't really i don't really look at it or uh, observe it uh, i guess know, it would play more of a factor in the designing part yeah yeah i mean it's it's like anything once once you get good at it you can almost like the nice tagness doesn't isn't isn't really an issue because you learn how to do it your way so i i have a magnifier on my computer which helps a lot especially like once you've got a design you have to like dimension it and add all these references and angles and numbers so that can be a bit tricky but once you um yeah once you've got a process speeds things up quite a lot yeah well i guess you know you just mentioned right now that you know you would start the printing process and then whatever happens happens so that may, that makes me wonder yeah. if, if something has come out a lot different than you were planning on it too yeah i mean at the moment i don't think i've done a successful print in um maybe two weeks so it's kind of worrying because i haven't changed anything with the printer or the filament like the reels of plastic which it uses so i need to look online but it is i don't think it should be that much of a lottery but at the moment it's a lottery which like you start the printer i leave for work or college and then come back hoping that it still works yeah <laughs> gotcha okay so let's talk about the nystagmus a little bit man so were you born with it uh i believe i was yes i haven't really asked too many questions about it but i've uh, i've lived with it all my life so i presume i was born with it yeah okay how do you say it's affected your childhood 
I mean, when I was a kid, I'd my right eye is a lot worse than my left eye, so I had um, patches to try and, or it must have been trying to strengthen my right eye. And when I'd gone into school, I had things enlarged, and um, I sat at the front, making sure I can see everything. But because of, it's tricky because I've, I've got cerebral palsy, which is a lot more. Um, Ironically, it's more visible than my nystagmus. So people see the way I walk and they don't necessarily realise I've got a visual impairment. But I've, I've thought about that and it's realised like a lot more, let's say like five, ten years, I've like realised, like, oh, <laughs> not many people realise I'm actually visually impaired as well. <laughs> and honestly, I, I tell people like, it does. It affects me like every time I open my eyes, because you know you can you can find different ways to cope with things. But at the end of the day, you, you your eyesight's a lot more well, a lot worse than everyone else's, and obviously you can get by and cope with things, but it's still affecting you. I'm curious if um, those eye patches helped you strengthen your right eye at all. Uh, I mean, it's funny because. I didn't realize my right eye was as bad as it is because I every time I go for an eye test, they're like, "Oh, do you realize how how crap your right eye is?" I'm like, "Uh, not really." <laughs> it's a it's a good and a bad way because you know I don't really notice it day to day, and I mean only let's say like the past six months, especially without glasses, I try um like drawing drawing like graph and stuff and then you realize oh my god it's actually uh very bad so i'm trying not to think about it too much <laughs> the, the eyes are kind of one of those things where you don't really realize how bad they are until you compare your vision with somebody else or you, you have somebody be like you can't see that really oh yeah yeah, yeah. you get you get that all the time so luckily you know i don't take it to heart i mean it is what it is you, you can see where you can see you can see where you can't see where you can't see so uh, it does it's, it surprises me how surprised other people are. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I can't see it. <laughs> I, think you're, uh, I think you're my first guest with another impairment that's actually more visible than, than the nystagmus yeah. with the cerebral palsy. Yeah, I mean, luckily, it's only, it only affects my legs and I can still walk and run fairly well well not well I, uh, yeah i can get by i can uh, live a pretty fulfilling life so it doesn't affect me too much but uh, as i say the the thing to have in several palsy is people don't realize uh, you're visually impaired so it, it has its own um downsides as well oh, i know it's not a cerebral palsy podcast but i you know i am a little curious yeah. about it though <laughs> yeah i mean honestly you know i'm not really an expert i have it and i know it's either i, I don't think it's oh God, it's uh it affects like the brain sends messages to your muscles and basically when that aspect doesn't work then you have cerebral palsy so the messages from my brain to uh my legs they're um I don't work properly, so it makes my muscles uh, very tight in my legs. So that's how my, especially my hamstrings, they're probably the tightest. So I'm all a bit seized up 
and a bit stiff. And I know you play soccer a little bit, right? Or I guess football where you're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've been, I've always loved, loved football from an early age. I've got um, three brothers and we all love football. I was a bit, bit of a late bloomer, so was it secondary school or high school? I didn't play much. And it's only really the past seven years once I've found a like, disability impairment football, then I've really been able to play regularly. So now I play for a visually impaired team, a cerebral palsy team, and a um, transplant team because I've had uh, two transplants as well. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you're on three teams. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean the kidney, the kidney ones. That's like more specialised because you. Know, I only do literally one tournament a year with them. So I, I just don't really say I'm on their team. I uh, I play for them once a year. But the, um, I mean, we're going through a phase at the moment because there's not many visually impaired people in our team. There's not many cerebral palsy people in our team. We struggled to like find players and find matches. So me and uh, my mates, Zoe and uh, David, who are both uh, VI as well, we're uh, trying to form our own team with the help of uh, the Cambridge United Community Trust. So that's more of a like all disability team. So uh-huh. we, we have um, us three, we have a few with autism and then a few with mental health as well. So it's a good range. and. Obviously, like the more players you have, the better chance you'll have. And then we've already done one our uh, like debut game, which is a very big success against a local town called um, Ipswich. So we managed to host them, play a few matches against them, and then we had a lunch afterwards, and we organised that all ourselves. So that was a great success. And then we're actually, we're actually going to Ipswich in about three four weeks to a take part in a disabled tournament so that should be a lot of fun as well i'm actually captain probably should, should mention that as well nice <laughs> yeah yeah it's good a lot of fun so you guys will play games against other teams um where you guys have less people on your team uh i mean when it got really bad like this is like the very early days <laughs> we just you play you play a team you don't have enough players and you're like okay you're you can have the points, we'll forfeit the fixture and then you take some of their players and you just still do a game. So it was kind of embarrassing, but once you these things build up, it just takes time. But I think we're in a really good place now. But, you know, all of that is super cool on a few different aspects, right? So I think the first one is that it allows you to play the sport that you love um, with other people in your, your skill range. Uh, but also... Um, that sense of community that you'll get from playing on a team and also meeting other people with visual impairments and meeting other people with, with CP. That's pretty cool that you get to do oh, that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I've met a lot of really great people over the past seven years since I've been involved. And I mean, now like Zoe and David, we call him Craney because his second name is Crane. So I call him Craney. Yeah. Zoe and Craney, like they're two of my best friends now. And, we meet up outside of football and we have, um, I mean, away from football, the visually impaired like community in Cambridge is very strong. And we have like the whole of East of England, we're all connected in one way. We have a Facebook group that we all uh, share and we have, we do a pub social every month, which is a lot of fun as well. 
yeah, it's a, it's a really good community to be a part of. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm jealous, man. I wish that there was something where I'm at where I could I could play some sports. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta find find what you like, and then hopefully, yeah, find a club or team that will help you out, and you can be a part of it. I mean, it's it's lucky because I um I reached out to Cambridge United because I mean. From a young age, I've always loved playing football, but it was like the odd kick about in the garden and the odd like game, game or two each year. I mean, I wasn't part of a team or anything. And I'm not saying there weren't opportunities out there. Maybe, as I said, I wasn't really that into football until I got a bit, let's say, 17, 16, I wanted to play it. So I was very, very lucky to go to these sessions and uh, build a team. And um, I'm assuming that the public transportation is a bit better over there than it is in the U.S. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially um, Cambridge. Cambridge is one of like, the prettiest cities like in the world. And it's, it's one of the great cycling cities as well. So it's a lot easier to get around and let's say like the whole country of America. But, yeah, I mean, the buses are good as well. I have a free bus pass, which uh, is, is good because it gets me to work and college every every day. I'm, I can cycle around. So, yeah, getting around is not too much of an issue. I was uh, lucky in that sense. And they've got a system in place over there where you can get free bus passes if you have visual impairments or other disabilities. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's tricky because obviously they have one flight it must be over 65 now and then they have a one we have to apply and make sure you're eligible but i'm not too not too like good on the actual technicals but i think if you've got a the visual impairment one is the only one where you can do like any time and the other ones are after nine o'clock so there's like that wouldn't be good for me because i start eight uh, start work at eight but luckily i've got the visually impaired one which has a little clock on it so it lets me use it anytime which is very helpful that's cool yeah i think that's the the biggest thing that i deal with um in my current location is the the lack of public transportation and obviously you know i don't drive so just getting yeah. around like even if there was a sports league that i would be able to join it would be really tough for me to cuz I want to get there, right? Like I want to, I want to go there, but I don't want to have to ask for a ride every time. And an Uber is expensive because gas prices are really yeah, expensive yeah. now. And just if I, I if I want an Uber, uh, let's say it's an eight minute drive, right? Yeah. An Uber price for an eight minute drive is thirteen dollars. Bloody hell! Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just want to go eight minutes down the road. I got to pay thirteen dollars, and then of course I have to get back. That's another thirteen dollars. That's twenty six dollars for. 15 minutes in the car, 16 minutes in the car. Yeah, so. I mean, it has to, like, where you're going has to be worthwhile for that for that amount. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a few, a few like, players and ex-players, like, out on sticks, as you say, like, in the middle of nowhere who struggle to make training and uh, make matches. So I am very fortunate in where I live and through the fact that the clubs so so near to me. Yeah. And um that that leads me back to another conversation that I'll that I'll frequently have with guests, and that is that 
a lot of the people that I hear who have nystagmus in the UK don't drive. But I would say maybe 50% of the people that I'll meet in the US who have nystagmus drive. And I think a big reason that more people don't drive in the UK is because of the public transportation that you guys have. And they just don't need to drive as much as like if really if yeah. you, if you're not driving in the United States, it's really uh that could that could really hinder your ability to be independent unless you're in a few specific cities. Like if you're in New York or Chicago, maybe or Minneapolis, you know, it's easier to get around. Yeah. But this place is huge, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, England's uh, a very very small country, so I'm lucky in that sense. And I'm 25 and lucky enough to travel most parts of the country independently. So yeah, trains and buses and your plane. Yeah, it's it's good. It's definitely a lot easier in America anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Hmm. I'd say so. Um let's talk about some relationships, man. Like uh, how, yeah. <laughs> how how's your uh do do you have like some really close friends? I do, yeah. So I have I mean, I don't want to put a number on it, but yeah, I have a good good uh, network of friends and family and a good um social life so that's good life's good in that sense yeah especially um as i said the football team they're, they're a big part of that especially the um the vi side of it do a lot of do a lot of things with them and also when was it i went to um three three different colleges i don't know what colleges it's like the thing after high school. What's that in America? College, 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 or yeah, university. Yeah. You know. Oh well, we have like an eight, I think between high school and university, but we call it college in the UK. Anyway, that's where I met all my all my friends. We had um one one year I think between 2014 and 2015. We all started in this um really well. We were the first year actually, so it was this um science college called um utc called a university technical college and that's where i think bar one of my friends there the rest of them are from this uh year i spent there so yeah i mean that's been good eight years now and um i'm about to move in with uh, two of them yeah really good friends really good group that's awesome was that was there um you pretty much just told me that you didn't meet most of your really good friends until um like after high school, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was there a time during high school or maybe middle school that it was more difficult to make friends? Uh, I would say maybe maybe primary school because I went to a very small small primary school, so yeah, I had a few a few good friends back then. But then secondary school. Yeah, I had I had friends, good friends. I don't speak to them anymore, and it's it's tricky because I wouldn't say I wasn't bullied or anything, but as you say, it's like you're disabled, so people were naturally nice to me, which is nice. But then you're like, well, oh, they being nice to me because you're disabled, and they feel sorry for you, all that crap. But I wasn't bullied or anything, so. I'd rather be, people be nice than being nice bullied. So that's yeah. funny that you said um, I, I'm disabled, so people were nice to me. I, I, yeah, yeah. That's so different I mean, than than how how I would assume. Um, I mean, like over here, dude. If you're disabled over here, um, 
especially in middle school or the early years of high school. It's it's not people being nice to you because you're disabled. It's actually pretty different from what I've noticed, at least like in, in, yes. in my schools. No, I mean, obviously you get a few, a few bad negative comments here and there, but nothing like nothing as bad as bullying. And I've noticed as you grow up, people do uh, patronize me a lot. That's that's quite annoying because they do see patronized me. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean. That's not really a, a VI. Then that's again more of a cerebral palsy. They see me walk a bit weird and assume I'm, uh, you know, got a mental disability or something. I mean, you know, they talk down to me, speak slowly. I'm just like, mate, just let me buy this thing and leave, please. <laughs> I'm I'm still so so the cerebral palsy CP. Sorry, I'm just like so bad yeah, at, yeah, at pronouncing it. <laughs> So you're saying it's pretty much just the way that uh, your brain connects to your legs is there's like a, a misfiring over there and it's just not. Yeah, yeah, doing that's, it, a, right? that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially what nystagmus is too. It's also a neurological condition with some things going on up there. <laughs> I, say, I don't do my research for anything. I just you know let it be. I mean, oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because so especially. Um, Speaking to so many visually impaired people, there's so many different conditions out there. I think nystagmus is one of the more, it's it's not not popular, but uh, it's not. It's not not a popular one. (laughs) Have you met anybody with it before? Uh, Yeah, I mean, some of the guys on the football team had it, and um, I think one person outside of football i've met with it so yeah not not many i hear you that's still more than anybody that i've met in person i've literally never met anybody in person with it before just yeah, through the podcast yeah yeah well yeah it's a good thing that you're, you're doing something like this get people together shared it shared experiences and all that yeah yeah i enjoy it mm. so i know that there's a uh there's an astagmus network up in the uk and they um that they put on these these conferences. Have you ever been to one of those conferences? No, but I remember because um, I've only recently been like actually registered um, visually impaired just to get access to different services and stuff. But the uh, clinic at my local hospital were uh, talking about the Nice Diagnosis Network. But again, they were like more advertising is getting to know people with nystagmus and you know getting to know, know different vr people and maybe like selfishly i was like well i've got a pretty good vi network already so something i don't really need at the moment true but it's always good to learn learn new things meet new people yeah dude what kind, what kind of music do you listen to Ooh, i like probably like the 10s the noughties pop kind of thing i like uh taylor swift she's probably one of my favorite favorites of all time yeah can't get enough what do you think about all that stuff that she had a she had to re-record all of her music because of that dispute with her record label yeah yeah it's, it's kind of mad <laughs> that you know of a uh, new music she's putting out is very good i was actually um it's annoying because i actually bought tickets to see her in um london that must have been 
2020, so that got cancelled. And uh, yeah, that would have been my uh, first ever concert. So that's pretty pretty gutted. That would have been your first concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because there's a there's a few good festivals in um England, but I don't really go to festivals much. But for her, yeah, <laughs> I would have made an exception. Taylor Swift, yeah, I never really got I never really got so into her. I don't listen to that kind of music. I can appreciate it though. She's got some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's always on the into? radio. Um dude, I mean it's different stuff all the time. I've been listening to yeah. a lot of Beatles lately. It always just comes back to the Beatles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, some I mean, classic rock. If you look at my uh my playlist, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of everything. And it's funny because I was um I recently did a half marathon and I had to go through through all my music, try and find these uh, this hype music to uh, get a running playlist. I'm like, it's all just <laughs> sad, depressing music. Like, oh, God. Metallica, and, uh, dude. You got to get some Metallica in there. Well, what did I just, I listened to a lot of a lot of ABBA. That's quite upbeat. Okay. Yeah, and uh, a few. Um... Dude, my 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 most recent guest was talking about ABBA as well. Uh, Alyssa. I yeah, think. I mean, yeah, they have loads of classics. I I like them ever since um, primary school. One of my um, old friends, Elise, got me into it back in the day. Yeah. You ever seen the musical or the movie? No, no, I just I like their music. <laughs> they got like a whole. Uh, I think Mamma Mia was the. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's all other stuff. I think. Yeah, I've seen the first one. I didn't see the second one. But no, the first one was very good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No. I'm not really into So you, music, you ran a half marathon. That's cool. I did. Yes, yes. I mean, I think one, it's a funny story because the Cambridge, Cambridge half marathon happens every year. And what was it? The 2021 one happened in October. And I watched my mate, John, cross the line. And obviously on the day, you know, there's a energy around everyone's finishing and getting the medal. So I'm like, all right, I want a bit of this. So I, I started telling everyone, yeah, yeah I'll, do, I'll do it next year. Definitely not realising, I thought it would be in October, but it was in bloody March. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I, had to, I, I trained pretty well for it and it was a lot, a lot harder than I thought it would be. I don't know what happened, but... Basically, I used the the Nike running app, and it, it screwed me over all through my training and on the day itself. I think it must have been telling me I was running faster and quicker than I actually was. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, <laughs> I was I was telling all my friends and family, yeah, I'm doing a a five k under half an hour. Oh, that's very good, Alessio. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure about that? I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised as well. But obviously, you know, I'm tracking it. I thought. All right, yeah, it must be true. So Damn. it gets to yeah, it gets to a half marathon day, and I have it on my uh, AirPods telling me it keeps track of every kilometer. And it's like, all right, I'm up to uh, 17k here in a half marathon. Was it 21k? I'm like, oh, I must be almost done. So I'm I'm running. I go past the uh, the seven mile mark. I'm like, oh, that's not that's not 17 kilometers. And literally on the race, I check and play seven miles is eleven kilometers. So I'm like, oh, oh man! Well, what's Dude, happened? Dude, your half was way off. It wasn't yeah, even just yeah. a little bit off. 
yeah, I don't really know what happened. I think it must be because I have it in my pocket. It must be moving around more than it should be. So I thought oh, it was too late to do anything about it. But that was a real, that day was a real <laughs> emotional roller coaster because basically the route, you, you go into Cambridge and then you go out into uh, this little village called uh, Grantchester and all the, the run is spread out. And uh, at one point I was like all alone just going along this road. I'm like, oh God, when's it going to end? But then luckily my mate Zoe rings me up and tells me, asked me how I was. And then as I get into Cambridge, this um, this cycling steward comes up to me. He's like, all right, so you're you're officially the last racer now. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> he's like, hey, you'll have to... Uh, you just go a bit faster because we have to reopen the road soon. Oh, I'm like, oh god, well, what is this? So I'm, I'm literally there, just jogging along, crying to myself, thinking, oh god, I'm not going to finish. They're going to have to pick me up soon. But then my mate John, out of nowhere, comes on an electric scooter, comes right beside me, and he starts like motivating me and stuff. And, like it was, it was something I was still so gets me these jelly babies and then he starts saying oh, so you can do this you can do this just a bit faster you know jog a bit walk a bit and I mean luckily I got past this section so once you get past a certain time you're like okay you're finished no matter what just you know just get past a little bit and honestly the last two the two last two miles were so good because Everything was still shut, but obviously people around town. And you saw me just hobbling along. Everyone was just cheering. Oh, and then, man. Nice. Yeah, it, got to, it got towards the end where I think my John was there, my my mum's cousin, my second cousin. Dave was there. My personal trainer, Paul, was there. And we're just like all jogging along this last, uh, this last mile. And then literally they all leave. So maybe you finish alone and this like it must be three, three lane, four lane roads completely shut apart from me. John comes and gets this like massive Cambridge United flag and I start waving it and as I cross the line. <laughs> it's very, it's very special. Oh, exactly. straight out of a movie. Literally. And I was just like, I just collapsed crying. I was like, oh god, never again, never again. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm. I'm very glad I did it. I, I managed to raise a lot of money as well, which was good. So yeah, that's sick. Imagine if you had your friend yeah. John next to you the whole time instead of Abba. Maybe you would yeah. have finished sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I met a few nice people on the long way, but obviously they they all just they passed you, and you, I just got slower and slower. But it's good. I, it was good as well because I was as although I was the the last person to finished i wasn't actually the slowest so i was like all right i'll take that how do you celebrate i mean yeah as soon as i crossed the line i just collapsed and started crying and then i was i was seized up for a good for a good day so that afternoon i didn't didn't do anything i was planning on going into work the next day and i, I woke up on monday morning and i'm like yeah i i i ain't leaving this bed so <sighs> completely sore pretty much yeah but it was good. It was good. I'm back to. Uh, I'd say after like two or three weeks, I was back to um, back to 100. percent So not too bad. What do you do for work? I'm a apprentice, so engineering apprentice. So one one. I started that in August 2019. It's um, a co- company called Carl Zeiss who make uh, electron microscopes. So this apprenticeships 
you go around the company working in different areas. So the per- first six months I worked in the production area, like assembling all these different types of microscopes. And then I worked in the final test area, testing, configuring the microscopes. And then Corona happened. So it was all a bit, bit of a, a here, there and everywhere, just uh, trying trying to see what I can do working from home. And then start of well, last year, last May, I went back into a final test for 2021. And then this year, finally, I'm back in, well, starting the design area, um, designing stuff, which is uh, where I want to be. So, yeah, it's really good. Really nice people, really good company. It sounds like you've got a lot of fulfillment in your life. I'd say that, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially the last the last six months, I've... Uh, I feel like I've leveled up a lot. Like I've got the apprenticeship. I've almost finished that. So I'll be getting qualifications from that. The football stuff, that's all, uh, although there's always a bit of drama, we've managed to um, start a new team. So that's all exciting. I'm moving out with a few friends. I managed to um, get a few um, disability benefits sorted. So yeah, a lot of uh, of good things in my life at the moment, which is good. That is so awesome, man. That's so awesome. Yeah, you, you, you ran a half marathon. That's you. You got the half marathon with cerebral palsy. That's so sick. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was mad. I mean, I wouldn't say like people, you know, they do a half marathon. They got the the running bug. I wouldn't say I've got that because people, people are like, oh, I'm bored. Let's go for a run. And it's like no, I'm, not, I'm not that person. I've found <laughs> out, but. I'll definitely like this October. I'm hoping to do a smaller 10k around Cambridge with a few friends. So that's that's something to look forward to. Okay, uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I, dude, I did a half marathon one time, and it was not easy. And I don't, I don't no. have CP. I'm just, no. you know, just not easy. Um, my legs are super sore for the next few days. I tried. So I think like a half k. What? That's 13 and a half miles, something like that. Yeah. Um, I was, yeah, did 13 and a half miles and then I wanted to try for the whole marathon. I wanted to try to see if I can do the whole thing. And then I, <laughs> I started again and I just collapsed, dude. My, my yeah. calves started cramping up. The calf cramps suck. The calf oh, cramps yeah, suck. Yeah. The foot cramps. My feet started cramping. I didn't even know that feet could cramp like that. Do you do a official like half marathon? No, it was, I want to, I want to do it again. I did it on the treadmill. So it wasn't it wasn't like a real half marathon, but it was like you know yeah. I, I still did I mean, the whole you know the whole distance technically. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> just do it for the sake of doing the distance. I'd definitely like do an official event and get the medal for it. Yeah, I know I was in a hurry for it. I I just I just I woke up one day and I was like I want to I just want to do it next week and I don't want to wait because the next one was in a couple of months and I just I I wanted to like. uh just do something that would that would really challenge me and then you know i did yeah. it 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 wasn't uh you know i didn't get the the whole experience of doing it with other people and getting the award or, but i'd like to do that one day i'd really like to just do a whole marathon one day that, that's yeah. my goal i mean yeah i think i wouldn't say like you know it's a dream of mine but if i you know got myself into into better shape 
actually like properly driving like running training just like properly like went to the gym every day got myself in insane shape then i think it would be possible but yeah sorry not on the back of this for now <laughs> yeah do you work you don't you don't go to the gym like uh weightlifting anything like that no i do a um what do you call it it's like a fitness boot camp with uh my i used to do like have a personal trainer for um corona so I had a one one to one sessions with him, mainly like just to try and you know get fit a bit. But then he does a, a boot camp, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I try to go to that as uh, many times as I can. That's a lot of fun because it's mostly um, circuit training, so you do a bit of everything, a bit of music as well, a lot of nice people. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely definitely more enjoyable than. Um, one-to-one sounds like it would be so. yeah yeah it's not like it's not it's quite it's quite intense but you definitely go just every time i i've completed a session you know i'm happy i've i've done it and it gives you great um fulfillment so that's a good aspect of it as well and that really is what fulfillment is though isn't it it's just uh like challenging yourself and then accomplishing it and then there, there's something that you get from from accomplishing a goal, especially if it was challenging that you just can't get from anything else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I think about it, and this half marathon was like the biggest mental and physical obstacle and achievement I've done in my life. So, in a sense, the uh, the misguided training out probably a good thing because it was probably <laughs> giving me false hope that I could actually do it <laughs> and then yeah on the day it's just too late to too late to stop so I thought yeah fuck it let's go <laughs> yeah you, it's like you made yourself socially accountable so now you have to do it you don't exactly, have a choice yeah yeah I mean early on I'd say so I decided to do it in the October and then I did like like just disc- not discreet training but yeah you know, i didn't tell many people about it and then i got a bit a bit confident and then january i like started uh promoting my fundraiser for yeah there's no going back now <laughs> so yeah a lot, a lot of pressure but then like that was on the sunday and the week before i got a lot of uh, good luck messages which was nice and that spurred me on as well did anybody record you crossing the finish line yeah yeah it's, it's funny because there's this uh there's this video of me just trying oh, i'm waving this flag I, all i was thinking was if i trip now that is like mm-hmm. it's done. so i just like do very small steps and there's these um there must be like barriers because there's cables going across the road so i thought oh, i'm not tripping on that just a nice little step on that over and then I crossed the line as this, um, they must have had like, a DJ for the day. And I don't know if it was off the cuff or not, but it was very good. It's like, oh, this is our last competitor at SEO. It's like, this is, I can't remember what he says. It's like, this is for not giving up. This is not for, um, you know, smacking life in the face or something. He just keeps going on and on. I was like, it's pretty, it pretty emotional, yeah. Uh, there's definitely a video I'll have to send it to. Yeah, I want I want to see that video. Yeah. Definitely want to see that. Um, is there anything else that you want to hit on, man? Uh no, no. I've uh, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it's always 
um, this this uh, second podcast I've been on, but the first one was wasn't really in depth. It was a uh, football soccer one. So yeah, mm. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, before you finish off, I do want to just ask a couple of things from you. Oh, yeah. um, I always ask this from from my guests, and if you can give advice to anybody who who lives with nystagmus, um, some advice to them, and even some advice for people with CP, because I'm curious what you would say to them too. Okay, yeah, I mean the the VI one, like obviously you you grew up with it, so you know you know how to live with it, but. Just remember, there's there's people out there who have the same experiences as you, and also there's a lot of help help out there. You're not alone, and just if you're lonely or struggling with things, just uh, try and seek help because there's help out there. I mean, uh, that could be applied to any you know, disability, anyone really. Don't uh, struggle in silence. Mm-hmm um okay so that's the that's the for the vi what about for for cerebral palsy yeah i mean <laughs> this one's a bit more tricky because there's a whole whole range of um different types of cerebral palsy but yeah again it's a great community i mean like it does make life a lot more challenging but then it just makes you strong as a person so don't give up on things you can have a very fulfilling and wonderful life no matter what you have all right last but not least what about some advice to a parent who who has a kid and the kid was just diagnosed with nystagmus what would you say to that parent i'd say yeah i mean it might be a bit of a shock to begin with but once like the dust settled and you've had a thought about things just just realize like there must be million millions maybe not billions but millions of people with like all sorts of different disabilities cerebral palsy vision impaired doing amazing things living normal exceptional lives so it's not over obviously everyone's different and different things bring different challenges to people but you know nothing's over there's there's proof out there that show you can do what you want in life the only limit is yourself i guess boom okay well i want to thank you alicio for coming on and talking to me and i want to thank everybody who's listening to the podcast they made it this far um anybody who's listening on youtube you can also listen on spotify apple podcasts podbean there's a bunch of them you could find it anywhere um there's an instagram for the podcast um we have a nice little community on there, which is how I met Alicio. So uh, make sure to check out the Instagram. It's Dancing Eyes Podcast. And if you're on YouTube, you know, like like the video. If you liked it, if you didn't like the video, you don't have to like the video. But if you did like the video, you can like it. Uh, leave me a comment. All that fun stuff. And thank you, Alicio. I appreciate it, man. 